0: We are taking our scripture reading from Philippians 2 verse 12 to 15. Please, are we there? Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent, live as children of God, shining like bright light in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Amen. And today, being a Pentecost day, we turn our Bible to Acts chapter 2. We take it from verse 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, which we are celebrating today, all the believers were meeting together in one place suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They met like just as we have met this morning. And something good happened. And our God is still the same. He has not changed. And we thank him. And I know that today. We are not living here today. Everything about us is going to change. Because it's a special day. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, Reverend Dr. Fred Deby, for the privilege you give some of us to be able to preach on your pulpit. I want us to bow our heads in prayer as we share the word of God. Father, I commend myself to you. Lord, you know that I know nothing. I'm a child and ignorant. But you are mighty God and you can choose to use a donkey. You can use anyone. Lord, will you please use me today? And let your wisdom come. Let your power come and get lambs burning one more time let the fire of the pentacles come rest upon your people and like with John Wesley to say I want to set my life ablaze and let the world watch me burning just let's burn for you Lord in Jesus name Amen there are a few times you know that God has orchestrated it to let you preach not because you qualify but because God wants to do something with your life. And I'm always inspired by Auntie Ajojo. He says anytime your pastor calls you to do it, it's a privilege. Don't give excuses, just do it. And I thank God. Today our focus is keep your lamp burning. Can you talk tell someone keep your lamp burning? And just in case you don't know you have a lamp. <laughs> Uh, you are the lamp. We'll, we'll keep you burning today. So preacher, can, can we run through this first? So we are going to look at Philippians chapter 2 quickly. And like I always do, I have a simple format I used to preach. So if you've never heard me preach, it's just four pieces. If you've heard me preach before, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to do a proposition for you, okay? And then I'm going to do the purpose. Why? You should keep your lamp burning then we'll look at the process how do you keep your lamp burning and then the outcome I call that a product what comes out of it and then your response what can you do about it today so can we go on preacher yes I wanted to reflect on this is your lamp burning and just in case you don't know you have a lamp I'm going to show you through the proposition but I want you to think be thinking about and if you know you have a lamp the question is is it burning and let me take advantage of those who went out to let their light burn yesterday. As early as 4 a.m., there were families here. I saw wives that were dropping husbands off. And I, I saw m- mothers who had come by themselves to come and mourn with our brothers and our sisters. Those of us who were going to Kumasi and Somaya. On behalf of the senior pastor, I want to say thank you for the service. Please put your hand. Let's celebrate them. As far as caring of the church and being there for one another, that is a lamp that is burning. And sometimes it will call you out of your comfort to wake up 3 a.m. so that by 4 a.m. you are at church because you want to mourn with a brother who is far away. It's, it's amazing. It's your lamp burning. Number two, I want you to think about this. How, how is the daily quiet time? You no, know, there's this temptation for many of us who were raised in scripture, you know, like myself. After you've done quiet time, Bennett you remember the youngsters I used to come and teach you how to do quiet time this is 20 something years ago Bennett was school prophet in the in 1998 I remember and 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 we teach and by the time they finish university say oh this thing belonged to SU so most people stop doing quiet time now they wake up in the morning they want to listen to radio to perhaps give them an inspiration or go to YouTube's or do a podcast from Joyce Meyer there is nothing wrong with that. But God is still looking for that intimate relationship. You cannot replace your time, whether it is 10 minutes, 30 minutes, time with God with podcasts and YouTubes. Those things have their place. But God still wants you to engage him. And I used still doing your quiet time or you've abandoned it because it looked like old school. It looks like 20 years ago, the youngster pressure. You know, number three. There are a lot of people who may say they are stars, and we've seen a lot in this country. So sometimes they become movie stars, and they become sometimes even pulpit stars. But the question this morning I want you to think about, are you going to be a shooting star, or are you going to be a shining star? See, when I read a little about shooting stars, they are kind of meteorite. By the time they are reaching the airspace, it's gone. There are people who start to shoot by the time they are 45. If you read the story by Billy Graham, at the time he started ministry, there were a lot of other young people who were on fire. Some of you have, might have read in some books, like a book I think Reverend Dora gave to me some time ago, Finishing Strong. Yeah, you, you, you find those stories in those books. And, and some of them, after five years, we couldn't. In fact, even 10 years, some of them have stopped preaching. Some even have stopped believing. They were selling cars and doing other things. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's not a charisma. It's not even how you start. So those are the things we're going to look how you will keep your lamp burning. So preacher, let's go on. Introduction. Quickly, I will say that there are lamps that do not burn any longer. Sometimes after you have been saved and have gone through the process and, and somehow you have come to a certain place of knowledge, you, you begin to ask questions about your faith. And sometimes you become like a flickering candle like like a wick you remember the bobo when we were young those of us who lived in the village we used to go for snow farming if you never had that opportunity that means you never lived in a village so we had some there it was a small piece of lamp with a wick i don't know how they say it in Ghana, or sono or bobo you know and sometimes it flickers by the wind that blows and you may need to keep lumping i mean putting light in it and sometimes that's how our whole faith has become. We have been reduced from a shining light like this to a bobo, to Osono, to some kind of a lamp. But I have a message for you. Amen? <laughs> uh, we know of the popular stories about the 10 virgins, Matthew chapter 25, about five that were wise and five that were foolish. So all of them have lamps. But at the point, five others couldn't get the lamp burning. So it's possible to have a lamp and not have light. Or not have fire, like many of us have light in our homes. But when ECG or PDS takes the power off, the lamp is useless because it can't burn, it can't shine. So at midnight, at critical time, 50% were found wanting, and that's the questions we need to wrestle with today. When is your midnight? When when is your crisis? Will, will you still come to church? Will you still sing in the choir? Or it's you sing when it's convenient? When when the job is okay. When the bills are paid, when you have your peace of mind, then you can go for evangelism. Then you reach out to the next person. But sometimes, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the pain, God still wants you to burn the lamp. He wants the lamp to shine. Today, that's the message we are wrestling with. So there are many things that can cause a believer to lose the zeal and the fire. And I think you know many of them. Today, let me just touch on a few. You know about the test was talking about verse 4. said, do nothing out of complaining arguing, criticism, and sometimes it comes as a result of delayed promises because you believe God, you married as a virgin, and you still don't understand after five years why you don't have a child. And you know, you know, you know, some friends of yours who caused abortion, and by the time they were ready for marriage, twins, so you begin to ask God, why? And He begins to shake your lamp and begin to feel, what is the use of burning impurity and holiness? I stayed 30 years. Nothing now i'm married and it's going into five years i don't have a proof i know this girl two abortions now married with two children why some of these things can cause your lamp to stop burning and you begin to doubt you may be in church but your heart is totally out of the church but you are wrestling with god and i recommend a book to you forgive god <laughs> written by reverend dr Fred David. i think there are still few copies if you don't ask still have my copy forgive god because you come to the place and you are wrestling. is god really fair you see a man actively serving in church, doing everything he could to make sure the men's fellowship are doing. He comes to church, organized man, sit in his seat, and then he's gone. And then you begin to wrestle with your faith as a pastor. Really? How can God make this thing happen in church? Couldn't he let them go home, let him sleep, and then go peacefully? And so that, that, that sets a reminder in your heart over and over. And then it begins to shake your faith. And sometimes your commitment to men's fellowship is going down. Sometimes you begin to question and wrestle a lot of things. It means that the, the lamp has stopped burning. So there are things like that. Worries of this life. So let me propose to you, what does it mean to have a lamp burning? And today we are looking right from verse 12. And so Paul wrote to them. And you know from verse 1 to verse 11, Paul has been doing a work of what it means to be like Christ. And and it's called the church to live in harmony and and to be able to love one another and to look to Jesus as the perfect standard and an example to which one of the deep things I learned in my school is called kenosis, the self-emptying of God. It's a big theological What It just means that God was God, Jesus was God, but it taught not equal to be with God to fully empty himself he was found as a man not just a man as a servant not just a servant and died a sinful death and to go through that process required a lot of humility so paul began to talk about all this and then he says in verse 12 i want you to begin to think about your salvation and work it out not only when you are with me, not only when the shepherd is there, when the deacon is there, when the pastor is with you, but, but begin to do it in the absence of me and, and, and work it out with fear and trembling. And this is where the lamp comes up. So my proposition is this. It's a life that is saved and that is bearing fruit. It's a life that has experienced God's so great salvation, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. And the Bible says you are working it out. Even when it doesn't make sense. When everybody says this Christian faith doesn't work in this office. Because everybody takes bribe at customs to make it. If you want to build that house before retirement, take some bribe. If you want to win the next election, lie to the people. Ghanaians like lies. They don't like the truth. And your politician said, no, I don't want to lie. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian before a politician. So I want to stick to my God, even if it doesn't make sense. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where I propose to you, your salvation come to the reality. So what am I going to do? It's a Christian that is working at his it. Sometimes we start to get so familiar with our salvation. We despise the salvation that has brought us our desire. Because we ask, where is the healing that must come with the salvation? Because we believe that salvation was... Holistic. It was zozo. It was a complete deliverance from all my problems. But I'm saved and still battling with cancer. I'm saved and battling with a particular sickness. I'm saved, like Paul insists, and I pray to God for three times that He would deliver me. Yet the Lord seems far away. And sometimes in our Christian walk, God seems so far away. Oh, you, you have done 30 days fasting. Some of you went further to do 10 more days to satisfy yourself that Elijah fasted 40 days, Moses fasted 40 days, Jesus fasted 40 days. You have also fasted 40 days. And yet still, the condition hasn't changed. And so you feel like, why should I go on burning my lamp? This, this is the, the thing. So we, we come to this place and it appears that we have chosen to let the fire off. It's not because you don't know what it means to let the lamp burn. But you've been through things. And sometimes the pastor has no idea. Like, like Eli looking to Hannah. A woman who has been so mocked by the rival. And this woman is in pain and is in prayer. And the, and the pastor had the audacity to look to this woman and says, why are you drunk? Mommy, woman, it's too early. You're in church. He says, it is my soul. I am down. I'm not drunk. Why would I do such a thing? And sometimes I'm telling you that people around you make you feel like you don't even know what you're about. Because of what you're going through, sometimes that you begin to find people who don't even understand anything trying to advise you. People! People who have not learned to put, learn to lace their shoes. Now they are telling you how to get a shoe to wear. It's painful. It's difficult. It's fate and the crisis. But you see, this whole quarter, we are looking how to walk in the light. Because there's darkness around us. There are challenges. And it has a way of snuffing your fire out. He has a way of saying that I am tired of these Christian rituals. Look, and people have stopped coming to church. Not because they hate the church. They've been through things. Don't, don't judge them quickly. Don't, don't despise them too fast. Sometimes you may have to go and sit quietly with them and listen to know that they've been through things. And that is why I'm saying that sometimes it comes hard, you have to learn to forgive God. Because that is where the fire goes. That is why you refuse to sign. So when they talk about signing, say signing for what? Signing in what? Signing and so what? You begin to question everything. We don't want to serve anymore. We don't want to even give anymore. We stop giving to the church. Say, so I gave my tithe. I pledged. I, I did the tithe, the seed sowing. No, sometimes you've been through all that and you begin to say so how did it end so you, you stop coming to church you, you stop going for fellowship you stop going for the sheepfold when they say bible study say what i have studied the bible enough nothing has changed you can keep your bible steady i just came to church to let my conscience be free so that nobody will be calling and bothering me but i'm really so th- this is what it means the burning, lamp, the burning lamp number two so why should you burn When even you've been through all these things? But let let me listen to this man. So C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis used to be an atheist back in the 1900s, or what we say, the 20th century. And I I did a little study. In fact, I was forced to study. It was part of what I had to study. So you read. he's written many books, but at least you have to read a few of those books to, to write a paper. And in one of his books, this actually is not the weight. You may find reference in The Weight of Glory. Those of you who read his books. But that there is about theology as a poetry. And, and he wrote this one. Said, I believe in Christianity. As I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it. But because by it I see everything. When you come to the crisis of faith and nothing is making sense. Okay? You need to pause to see what did you believe. Because the Christian faith, in fact, in one of his quotes, he says that if I want to recommend a religion that is comfortable, I will sure no recommend Christianity to you. I will sure no recommend. Some of you can identify with that. Because you will have crisis of faith sometimes. So this morning, my assignment is to give you reasons why you must let the lamb burn, even though you have unanswered prayers. Even though God seems far away. Even though people mock you even though your faith is under trial why should we keep the lamp burning that's my purpose so the other story in Luke chapter 12 let me summarize it I think two weeks ago Reverend Dora preached about treasures and giving for missions and all that and, and Jesus finished that whole statement and it says be dress ready and keep your lamps burning because you do not know The time and the season when the master will come. When the master will show up. Because the Lord is coming soon. Look, everything indicates that we are in the last days. But sometimes what you are going through, this is your light affliction. I call it light. Because you can only think about comparing it to the glory. To what God can do in the midst of what you are going through. I came to let you know that God is at work in you. But that's why I'm coming. So he says that because the Lord is coming soon, we are going or we are going soon to meet him. That is why we need to keep this lamb burning. That is why you cannot stop living by faith. Because of the present challenges, Bible says the love of many works cold. Jesus said it. See, because of the crooked and the perverse generation, because of the gross darkness, because marriages are failing, that is why you have to let your lamb burn in your marriage. You cannot give up on that marriage. Just because it's not working the way you thought, you can't just quickly conclude it was a mistake. I want to back out. No! We don't just back out. We work it out. That is why your lamb must burn, because there's so much falsehood, fake pastors. Who promises you everything because of an oil they want to sell to you? Because of their little greediness, Because they want to make sure that they milk you out. They tell you that everything will be fixed. But they had forgotten that God is also interested in the process of making you look like Christ. Today we don't talk about marriage that looks like Christ anymore. It's about marriage of convenience. The children are stressing you ask those who are praying for children compare their stress let me do process i'm finishing my message i'm done how do we keep the lamp burning i thought it was going to be easy i was going to look for three quick ways i said when i'm studying i try to carry my own biases into my study but sometimes god shocks me i was going to tell you that pray more fast more you know, read your Bible and pray every day, live holy, I was going to give you those things. I look because I'm used to them. God said, no, no, no. There's a process. Today, teach them the process. Verse 13 of what we read from Philippians chapter 2. This is what he says. It said, God is at work in you. I know many of you have read and you understand this, but please let me submit some things to you I found out. Like, what is at work? Do you see it? We always think when God is at work, everything is perfect. Except that when we read Genesis chapter 1, we didn't understand verse 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then, with that form, and, and, and verse 2, and darkness was, but God was at work. Because right after, and the spirit of the Lord put upon the look what you are going through I came to announce to you that it's part of the process that in the midst of where there is crisis of faith and you don't have understanding and clarity I came to tell you that it's still reasonable to shine And God still wants you to keep the lamp burning because he is at work in you. You see, when we surrender hourly, daily, weekly to God, he works in us. But you see, Paul is setting before us a divine pattern for the submissive mind and the divine power to accomplish what God has commanded. It is God which worketh in you. What does that mean? Number one, take note of this. You will see that it is not a mere imitation. It is not copy, copy. Let me slow down here a bit. But it's by incarnation there are two different things come come. so this my little girl can look at me and see me pray and she will copy she's pray. she can see me read my bible she can copy sometimes when we are doing memory verses i say she says she's copying it's imitation it's good but that is not what god is saying he says this time literally he's come to dwell in you and is living. Remember the Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. The life I live is no more me trying to copy Christ, but it's Christ living through me. Sometimes we don't meditate on that. When Christ is living through you, it's trouble. Because all around you is opposite what Christ wants to do. So there will always be conflict. Sometimes there is part of you who really desire to sleep, but the Christ in you wants to wake up and pray. No, sometimes a taxi driver, the way he will cross you and say things to you. And then your hands are lifted and you say, oh Lord. (laughs) Ah! Because you will show him how the the guys, the guys. some of us, we know how to, you know. Let me leave it there. You would have said, no, the things want to come. But for Christ in you. The Christ in you. The Christian life is not a series of ups and downs. It's a process of in and out. God works in and then we work out. And that is difficult because it's not copy, copy. You see, he can copy the right things from me and say them, but they might not even affect the heart. But when God comes to indwell in you, he incarnates. He literally takes the body of you. When we say something incarnate, it's like you you are taking something that takes on flesh and begins to leave it out that is harder what you're going through is part of the incarnation process the Christian life is that we cultivate the submissive mind by responding to the divine provisions God made available to us so which means that this time Christ is responding to things through you and I'm telling you some of the things God allows them so that Christ will be fully formed in you that is the way your fire burns it's the process and it's not easy. If you go and see how oil is pressed, for us to be able to obtain the oil and put it in the lamp, you know that the process is difficult. It is not so easy. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's, it's terrible. It, some things go through it. Pressed. Pressed. Can we finish this, preacher? The process. So the principle is this. God must work in us before he can work through us. You, you can see this in the life of moses a man like moses god would take 40 years and put him in the desert for another 40 years working through him first before he will work throughout to the israelite a man like david god would take and literally train him in the desert to deal with bears to deal with them so that by the time he's killing goliath you see him shining but the process was not easy a man like joseph he knows that one day he'll become a prime minister and women will want to come for contract. and so he puts him as a slave a servant and now has a free scholarship and he has to have the audacity to look to a beautiful woman he said no i can't displease god it's process at that time it feels like the candle is flickering because how can i be obedient to god and go to prison how can i not take a bribe and still be paid and suffer for my faith, for doing the right thing. And sometimes you begin to question, is there a reason to shine at work? No, I will shine at church. It's easy. Everybody here is a light. Let me just join in and shine with them. Sing in the choir is a good thing. Pray with the prayer warriors. But sometimes, the Christian faith is not living in the four corners of this beautiful place. It is often lived out there in the terrain of crooked and a perverse generation. That is where light is needed most, where there is darkness, where there's misunderstanding. Where people look, it's if people are looking at your marriage so much, they don't tell you. It's like the friends who look at your Facebook, but you have no traces of them. They meet you somewhere and say, Oh, I saw you on Facebook. Eh? Are we friends on Facebook? You don't even know, but they are watching. Went for a funeral yesterday, they said, Oh, I've known you, I know your family. I said, Have we met before? I said, No, but I've been watching you for the last five years. Hey, hey, and the things we put out there. And you think nobody's watching your life? God is using your life to inspire somebody. How you respond to the crisis to what you are going through is inspiring the next generation. How they will stand with their faith, Mama, don't give up, Father. Even is not enough. It has to burn. It has to burn. Literally burn. And as it burns, it gives the light. It gives the shine. It has to burn. God has special purpose for each one of you, and each man is unique and not an imitation. You are not a photocopy, even of your parent. You have originality in your heart. And for that reason, your cases, your face will be original. And they are going to be unique. They might not find answers in the textbook, but that's okay. Because God is in you, working at both to his will and his good purpose. Are you hearing me? Let's finish this. What's my last quote on that? So stay the, tell someone, state the process. allow god to work through you that is how you shine don't don't quit church don't stop giving to church no because you gave to church and your business collapsed so you stop giving tight no that things got tough, and for that reason, you don't want to do generosity anymore. Because ooh, you'll be papa, like you help people, and for that reason, you felt things are not working the way you want. Sometimes you take people on the street, put them in your house, and they help them, they go to school and they forget about you. And the pain makes you feel like I am not shining anymore, I am not helping others anymore. But let me tell you what the Lord spoke to me about as I was finishing my sermon, Matthew 12:20. C- can you put it out there? It's a scripture, it comes to me, easy, but I want you to see it. It's about Jesus Christ and what He does with some of us who are in crisis and our candle is flickering, our our osuna, our bobo is not shining the way it is. that's a message. You, you look into your Bible. He says, myself, and he was talking about myself from verse 16. It's actually from Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 4. That's what the original test was. And that's what Jesus was trying to re-emphasize. And I want to encourage somebody. Maybe I came with encouragement I you, to somebody who is who's looking that, if things don't change in the next few months, you're going to stop that marriage. If things don't change, I'm going to stop that business. If I don't see God move. Say, a Bruce reed, he will not break. You have another version, a smoking flax. Can you get NIV. There's no NIV. Anybody with an NIV or with other version?
0: A Bruce Reed, he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out, till he leads justice to victory.
1: I was looking for the candle. Anybody with a candle or with a lamp? The other versions that talk, but I get it. This is like the Bobo one, the one with the wick. We remember the the wick one, yeah. This is really what it is. He says when the Lord, he will not break, say, embuye. Achia Like the things can get so tough on you like a tree and it's bended as if it's about to, but it's not broken. It's bended, but it's not broken. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What you are going through makes you look like you are bended. It's like you've been crushed, but you are, it's not over yet. Maybe pastor, you've been through a lot. You've been through the, the rejection, the, the disappointment, but it's not over yet. The Lord said, I should let you know that the that, 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 that Bruce Reed he, he will not d- reject, and 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 the and the flickering lamp, the, the smothering wick. So I don't know where you are right now, but I want you to be encouraged. What are the outcomes? Three things I saw, and I'll give you a bonus. When we go through this process, Bible says we become blameless and pure, according to verse 15, Philippians chapter two. Number two, because some people want to be pure. But they are thinking it's just by prayer and fasting. It has its place. But sometimes the process will make you pure. You'll be, you'll be so pure from greed after you've been through what you've been through. Like nothing is going to entice you anymore. God has to break some things of you to know that those things don't matter. That is why somebody will come and say, look, I'm giving my entire retirement to support this mission, to support the church. I'm leaving this second house I built. I don't need it. I don't even want to give to my children. Can you put pastors there? Because they've been through things. And I've understood that there is something God was working out through them. Bible says you become children of God. Thank you, Auntie Getty. This song was on my heart. But I know it is not in my place to decide which song you must sing. So when you sang it today, I know God is affirming something in my heart. And she said, I didn't confer with her. I didn't talk. But it was. When I was they said, because people are questioning, Antigatee, uh, uh, people are questioning, what is worth being a child of God? And this is what the whole scripture was saying in Philippians two fifteen. So that you will become children of God without fault. Because they are children of God with fault. They don't even believe why they are children of God anymore. People say to be a Christian, what value it is? What, what value it is to, to stay by my faith? What, what value for what I've been through? This crisis. I don't think it's even worth being called a child of God. A child of God going through this. Where is God when I was going through this? That's the question. Number three you become shining stars. The, the shooting stars have left the building. You can't find them anymore. It's hard to go through things and still keep to your faith. They left. But you become a shining stars in the universe. That's what Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 says. And my bonus, this is my bonus. So as I was reading and preparing, something changed in Luke chapter 12. It says, when the master comes, this time, it's not like he's going to let you take care of him. He says he will let you sit down and recline at a tear. And now he's going to serve you. It blew my mind. I've read it before, but today, when I, was, I said, whoa. So the master now is going to make me, the servant of the house, to sit and relax. And now he's going to wait on me. Look, after you've been through what you are going through, mommy, whatever is making you feel it's not worth staying by your faith. When you keep your lamp burning, one of these days, one of these days, and it's very soon, Very some of it, yours is like in the next three months, some of you before the end of the year, Master will let you sit back and he's not going to give you attention. The Lord himself is going to serve you. He's going to save you, not a bread of affliction. You have been through so much. Oh, look at it. He said, be ready for service. Can you go on projecting this? verse, Verse 36 and 37. Listen to it. You must be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door. Verse 37, listen to this. Those slaves the master will find alert when he comes, will be blessed. Not that. I assure you, this is what Jesus is saying. He will get ready. The master will get ready. Have them recline at the table. Then come and serve them. You are about to be served. Whatever justice was delayed, God is about to serve you that justice. Whatever was yours that was taken because you stood by faith, that boy had audacity to tell you that because he did not allow you to sleep with Wijao or Kowari or Bifufro, God will serve you with a better husband. Amen. I want you to know there is nothing we do for God that God doesn't let it come to us pressed down, shaking together, running over. God says it's about. This one. Changed change my mind because I always know that I have to serve the master. But I'm telling you that one of these days, one of these days, the master himself is going to put the apron on and he will come to you. He says, I am about to serve you right where you are. That's what the Lord does. I'm done with the preaching. So what's your response? Time is gone. What's your response to all this? Two things. The last one. This is a response. Quickly. Do you recognize the work God is doing inside you right now? I want you to respond. Sometimes things you don't understand, don't be quick to jump the boat and be quick to draw conclusions and to throw in the towel and give up on your faith. I still believe we see as Lewis. I believe in Christianity. I believe in this faith we have, like a man sees the sun. Not only that, but by the sun we see everything else. Through what you are going through, you understand everything else happening to you. The second one, please: Are you blameless or you are with fault? And if you are, for, you are with fault, there is grace. Today, God is able to transform. Maybe you compromise. Maybe you give in. Like many of us, we threw in the towel. We can still come back to the Lord. And my last one. How are you shining on the scale of one to ten at home, in the marriage, for your vocation, in the ministry? The ministry the Lord gave to you for children, for young people. And today, I think the BYL will be meeting right after the service. It's a ministry God has committed to how? How are you shining there? Or you give up because you tried it some years ago, it didn't work. So you have thrown in the towel. No, shall we pray?
2: I believe the Lord has spoken to all of us this is the day of Pentecost when he poured his spirit on all flesh because he knows without him you cannot do it I cannot do it can you ask him to fill you with his spirit Ben every chaff bend anything that does not allow you to hear his voice for him to work through you and I Lord I hand it over to you today that spirit descended Like fire and burnt the chaff And anything that was not pleasing to God Just give your life to him as a believer Lord I give my life to you I give my all to you Lord I come to you Let's sing the first stanza As a standard of commitment I am resolved that we will continue We'll sing with the with the choir the first stanza. then we'll continue the prayer ah. I am Reminded us today that without him you cannot do anything. But with him, with him and his power that he poured on the church, he poured on the early believers, he's here to pour it on you. He's here to let it flow through you as well. Let's stand as we sing the second stanza together. What is your resolution? He's within you, he works for you, he works through you. I am resolved. The complaining, the membering,
3: the backsliding,
2: the voice of discouragement, the voice of the world. Can you affirm this? He is the true one. He's the just one. He has the words. He
3: is the just one. He has
2: the words of you listen to him. Next stands up. I
3: am resolved to follow the Savior. Faithful and truth is Are
2: you coming? Just come to him. Listen to him now. Yeah, it's the Jesus who is calling you. He knows your weakness. He knows your fears. But He say, I'm here. I'm here to The last stanza. The last stanza. Thank you for your word. You have told us that your word is like the rain that falls on the ground. When it falls, it goes where you want it to go and achieves its purpose. It cleanses, it renews, and refreshes. Father, your word has come to us. We thank you for how it has shifted us to refocus on you. What it has cleansed and purified from us, what it has corrected in our thinking. Above all What it has done to empower us to live for you We pray not only for ourselves But for all who hear your word today That they walk in faith And by faith Living for you To hear you say to them Well done Good and faithful servant For any who are still struggling with your word For decision to make And they still carry doubts because of pain, because of complaints, because of disappointments, Spirit of the living God, visit them and send us, even us, to minister. Send someone here to encourage such people that their lights will burn, that the devil will not sift them like sand, but they will know you have prayed for them. To your alone be glory. In Jesus our Lord's name. Amen.